0: Welcome, and let me first of all wish you all a very happy and blessed New Year. Uh, We do trust that this will be a year of better things than uh, the the year we've left behind with the pandemic. Still ongoing, but there's hope on the horizon, I think, for that. For all of you watching at home as well, thank you for joining us, and uh, I do hope too that you have a blessed New Year as the weeks, months go by. There is a collection being taken today, as you know, it's for the campaigners, And if you didn't uh, manage to contribute to that on the way in, you can do it on the way out through this door here. Um, Or else, if you want to send a cheque later to the treasurer, uh, that'll be fine as well. Just send it directly to the the treasurer. Now, we're going to begin by uh, singing today. I know we're not singing here. I'm going to sing. Um, And for the benefit of those at home, they can join in the singing. And one of the reasons for this is that it perhaps helps those at home to feel more meaningfully part. Of the service Um, It's always difficult I know not to sing When we're actually here together physically But uh, I'm going to try and Sing with visor on Which is allowed And it's Psalm 95 if you want to follow the words Psalm 95 In the Scottish Psalter And from the beginning Well come let us sing to the Lord Come let us everyone A joyful noise make to the rock of our salvation. We'll sing to a tune at
1: Gainsborough. (laughs)
0: Tonight, now in prayer. Let's call upon the Lord in prayer. O Lord, our gracious God, once again we do give thanks that we are able to gather together in worship, that we are able to participate even at home in this service of worship on this New Year's morning. O Lord, our God, as we have turned from one year to another, we pray that you would help us to reflect upon all that has happened in the past year uh, so that we may, in carrying this forward into a new year Lord, that we may truly uh, give proper consideration spiritually, morally, mentally in every way to all those things that have happened to us the experiences that are now behind us and in our memory so that we may, Lord, prepare for whatever this new year has in store We thank you, Lord, for your faithfulness for your unchangeable commitment to your own covenant promises. We build our hopes upon your unchangeableness, even as you remind us in your word that you are the Lord, you change not, therefore we are not consumed. Lord, we thank you for your forbearance with us, for the many ways in which we know of your patience with us. But We confess before you, O Lord, as we open this new year, that we did many things in the past year that we are now ashamed of, that our commitment to you was not what it should have been, that we knew of ourselves as sinning against you in thought, word and deed on a daily basis. And we know, Lord, that this is our lot in the world, and yet we do come with the confession of our sin and ask that you would help us as we make this confession uh, to depend upon uh, the atonement that has been made for your people in the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. We thank you at the beginning of this year for Him, for the way that He is majestic in His reign over all things. Now that He has uh, come into this world and taken our human nature, and died in the Roman place of His people, and risen from the dead and exalted to glory, Lord we give thanks to you as our Father today that you have made him head over all things to your church. and Therefore, Lord, help us to see, even in a measure, as much as we can, that whatever happens in the course of history is itself uh, directing things towards uh, the uh, way in which he will have the preeminence at last and in which your church will be glorified with him. We thank you, Lord, for that indissoluble bond between us and the lord jesus christ we pray today that that bond may be even more precious to us when we know in this past year of many that have gone from our midst we think of those who used to gather with us and have passed from the scene of time and we thank you today O oh lord that we can come to bear our burdens and our bereavements to you And we do pray for those who sorrow For those who at this time of year remember loved ones of times gone by who were taken from them in the course of time. We know that this time of year, Lord, is a time for reflection and that some of these reflections are poignant and bring us painful memories and yet also treasured things, treasured people, treasured experiences. And we ask, O Lord, that our thankfulness may be increased as we consider especially how you have led us and guided us and taught us and dealt with us as you saw our need. Bless us, we pray, today in this service. We give thanks for your word to guide us. We give thanks for being able to join in together in listening to your voice as you speak to us through the scriptures. Bless those at home, we pray. Granted, you bless them as they partake of the service. We give thanks for all... Who have shown interest over the year that is by in joining us online for services uh, for pre-recorded and live stream as well and oh lord we give thanks for the many uh, that come to pray for us pray for especially for the gospel and for those of us who are set to proclaim the gospel oh lord our god we thank you for these prayers Mm -hmm. and we pray that you would hear us as we continue to pray for the gospel to have amongst us a time of prosperity, a time of increase, a time of blessing. We ask that you would now bless us as we wait upon you here uh, and help us as we turn to your word. Help us, Lord, we pray, to know the guidance, the power of your spirit, applying your word to us. Hear us, Lord, we pray, and forgive our sin. For Jesus' sake, amen. Our reading today is from uh, the Prophecy of Malachi. Prophecy of Malachi and uh, reading from chapter 3. And we'll read from verse 13 on to the end of the book, chapter 4. So Malachi chapter 3 at verse 13. Your words have been hard against me, says the Lord. But you say, how have we spoken against you? You have said, it is vain to serve God. What is the profit of keeping his charge, or of walking as in mourning before the Lord of hosts? Now we call the arrogant blessed. Evildoers not only prosper, but they put God to the test, and they escape. Then those who feared the Lord spoke with one another. The Lord paid attention and heard them, and a book of remembrance was written before him of those who feared the Lord and esteemed his name. They shall be mine, says the Lord of hosts, in the day when I make up my treasured possession, and I will spare them as a man spares his son who serves him. Then once more you shall see the distinction between the righteous and the wicked, between one who serves God and one who does not serve him. For behold, a day is coming, burning like an oven when all the arrogant and all evildoers will be stubble. The day that is coming shall set them ablaze, says the Lord of hosts, so that it will leave them neither root nor branch. But for you who fear my name, the sun of righteousness shall rise with healing in its wings. You shall go out leaping like calves from the stall, and you shall tread down the wicked, for they will be ashes under the soles of your feet. On the day when I act, says the Lord of hosts, Remember the law of my servant Moses, the statutes and rules that I commanded him at Horeb for all Israel. Behold, I will send you Elijah the prophet before the great and awesome day of the Lord comes. He will turn the hearts of the fathers to their children and the hearts of children to their fathers, lest I come and strike the land with a decree of utter destruction. And I'd like us to give some Consideration today to the words of verse 2, uh, especially the first part of it, but for you who fear my name, the sun of righteousness shall rise with healing in its wings, you shall go out leaping like calves from the stall. It seemed very significant today when i chosen this uh, verse to preach from, that it was such a beautiful morning and emblematic really of the contents of this verse itself which gives us a picture of the sun of righteousness which we'll see is a name for Jesus and that sun rising to cast its wonderful light and warmth over creation. Malachi can be dated to the time of Ezra Nehemiah. In other words, it's a time after the Jews had come back from their captivity in Babylon, these 70 years that they spent there. And Malachi... Uh, is dated around that period after they had returned. Uh, and it's uh, similar, therefore, to the context in which you find Ezra and Nehemiah also setting out their ministries. It was a time of disillusionment, a time when hopes seemed to have been dashed because they came back from captivity in Babylon, expecting perhaps that things would be restored even better than they had been before. And the prophecies and the promises of God's word had followed them into exile and now back again to try and reestablish things back in Jerusalem. So they would have discouraged people. And not only that, but they had succumbed to the temptation, not all of them, but some had succumbed to the temptation to turn away from God, which of course is the reason that they had gone into exile in the first place. But the disillusionment and the discouragement the doubting, in fact, you can see it there in the end, of the, the the passage we read uh, previously there in chapter three, um, where uh, you have said uh, God is speaking to them here. You have said it is vain to serve God. What is the profit about keeping his charge, or of walking as in mourning before the Lord of Hosts? Uh, and to that extent, they had really turned again from God with with a with a dispirited. And uh, a mind that had simply de- decided, well, what is, what is the point? It's not worth uh, uh, following this God anymore. And the book, therefore, of Malachi is written for such times as we are facing just now as well. Because we've faced and ha- are still facing this difficult providence of this pandemic. And although we know God is in charge of everything that happens, nevertheless, it's so easy for us so tempting to succumb to that same temptation that they succumbed to then where we begin to get so disillusioned and we're wrestling with the implications of this this pandemic and struggling in faith perhaps at times or many people seem to be throughout our nation struggling with uh, the question as to whether it's really worthwhile going on with following the Lord or not. Why is the Lord doing this? What is the purpose for it? Why is it going on for such a long time? So many questions come into mind and uh, it affects how many people look at things spiritually. So the book is very relevant as indeed we always see scripture relevant but the context for Malachi therefore in times of discouragement, testing, times of temptation it's very much a relevant book for our own context today. And I want to look at two things. First of all the immediate context or the immediate application of it, which uh, was for the arrival of Jesus Christ, the arrival of the Son of God in the world, the Incarnation, if you like. And secondly, the extended application, the ministry of Jesus through the Gospel, which is what I want to deal with uh, more than the first point. But it's important to notice the first point really is about the coming of Jesus, the coming of uh, the, the Son of God into the world, which is what we've been thinking of, Over the past week or so or more, the Incarnation, the Lord Jesus Christ, the Son of God, taking human nature so that he would come to bear the sin of his people and die the death of the cross and rise from the dead. And you can see the reference here to Elijah. Um, Behold, I will send you Elijah the prophet before the great and awesome day of the Lord comes. Sometimes in the prophets uh, it's difficult to just see The the distinction between the coming of Jesus the first time and the second coming on the Day of Judgment, they're sometimes kind of squeezed together. Somebody pictured it like uh, looking at a mountain range from a distance where you find all the giant peaks as you look at them. If you look from from here to the mainland, for example, it's uh, something you can see. And they seem to be, the mountains seem to be very close together. And yet, when you go to that particular place, or you get get nearer to them, you really then begin to understand they're actually many, many miles apart, some of them. And it's the same with some of the prophecies in the Old Testament that speak about the great and awesome day of the Lord. It can be applied to the coming of Christ the first time. It can also be applied and, and is relevant to the second coming. It's just by the way, but... Um, You see, he's saying here, Elijah the prophet will come before that great and awesome day. Well, Jesus himself taught, um, as you find in Matthew chapter 11, that Elijah really was John the Baptist in terms of the prophecy that Elijah would come before the Lord himself. He was the forerunner of the Christ. And the title that's given here to Jesus, the Son of Righteousness, is really a wonderful title. This is the only place in the Bible where you find Jesus described in these terms, with this description, the Son of Righteousness. Um, and it's it, it's a it's such a graphic picture, such a wonderful uh, it conveys such a wonderful truth, or truths indeed. You think of the rising of the sun as the coming of the dawn, which it is, or at least the dawn, uh, they're followed immediately by the rising of the sun. Uh, here's the sun of righteousness rising with healing in his wings. And in other words, it's a new dawn. Uh, It's difficult for us to just um, uh, understand what a great difference the coming of Jesus made in comparison with the Old Testament. What a wonderful difference, what a wonderful addition there was to the revelation that God had given in the Old Testament by the coming of his son, by the coming of Jesus himself. Uh, The coming of Jesus was a new age. We're living in that new age. Of Christ and of the Holy Spirit, which is a huge advance, a huge upward step, if you like, in terms of God revealing himself. And the light that Jesus brought in his own coming, uh, by his teaching, by his person indeed being in the world, the way that that self-shed light on the Old Testament promises is one of the things to note in, in the New Testament age. And of course, he's called here as well, the Son of Righteousness. Righteousness being one of the chief characteristics of God himself, of Jesus the Saviour, but also of the kingdom of God. Jesus many times emphasised that himself in his ministry in the world, where he spoke about the righteousness of the kingdom and how we need to exceed the righteousness of the scribes and Pharisees or we will not enter the kingdom of God. And you remember in Matthew 6, that great counter to materialism, and trusting in things that are tangible and uh, material, where he said, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. That's the priority. That's what Jesus is saying is central to uh, a Christian life and to the life of hope. Well, here he's described as the son of righteousness, and the immediate application of that is to the coming of Jesus, to his arrival in the world as the light of the world the one who brought such a light to what was promised in the Old Testament. But I want to turn to the extended application. The extended application being the ministry of Jesus through the gospel. Because he is still the son of righteousness, as through the Holy Spirit he blesses his word and blesses the gospel and blesses the witness of his people. And that's what we're thinking of at the beginning of this new year, a year that we trust will bring an end to the COVID pandemic, a year that will bring, on top of that, much blessing spiritually through the gospel. And that's what the sun of righteousness arising over us really indicates as well. Think of it as Jesus coming with these uh, uh, healing in his wings. Of course, the wings, they refer to the beams of the sun, just as, as if they were outstretched wings. Um, but, but that's the description that's given. Um, the impact of this pandemic has been enormous. The impact in terms of economic, physical, and mental uh, 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 mental uh, dimensions to, to the impact. And, and it's difficult to measure at this stage just what an impact that has been, although you can see it in, in obvious ways as well. We, we still don't know um, how long it will take the economy, for example, to recover from the amount of money that has had to be spent in countering the pandemic. We don't know yet what a physical or mental toll it's taken on us as a people, as a society. And so the, 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 the impact has been huge. And in addition to that, we can say the lack of impact is also a concern. Because what I'm talking about there is the lack of impact in terms, as it seems, at least from a distance for us, and seeing what's happening throughout the land, that there seems to have been a lack of spiritual assessment of what's happened on the part of so many people. It isn't really important in a spiritual or moral sense. It's just something that's happened. It's just a pandemic. It's just a a virus that's come from somewhere and affected and taken many lives and has affected many families in a negative way, in an awful way. But how much is there of a spiritual assessment? How much is there of a questioning of things morally? How much is there of a searching for God? of questions in relation to trusting in God and turning to God. See, this is Malachi preaching to the people of his day. And here the people saying, well, what is the point? What's the profit of us keeping his charge, keeping God's charge? Let's just keep him out of it. And that's still, sadly, what you see um, in many of the declarations, many of the pronouncements, many of the assessments that are made in regard to the pandemic in our own age. And it's a concern to us as Christians that we don't find an increase as far as we can see in people actually speaking about the Lord, introducing the Lord into their conversation, especially those who are in positions of influence and power. And that lack of assessment, that lack of applying things spiritually should be something we bring and do bring to the Lord, of course, in, in prayer. So um, not much seems to have changed in that sense. Even that, of course, remains unknown because I know that many people um, have actually been uh, taking part in online services in their own homes that weren't before that used to coming to church that didn't have a commitment to church attendance and we can only hope that that is something that's going to lead whenever we're able to come back uh, as we were normally in church that we can see people more more interested in coming to join together in worship, which is such an important thing, as of course we're finding even to a limited extent today. And uh, as we we join together in thinking about what's happened and thinking about this ongoing pandemic, and the impact it's had on our lives, we too are looking for a new dawn. We're looking for a fresh dawn. We're looking for Jesus to come and through the gospel, bring his power to bear upon our situation. And that hope is indicated here actually in the text a fresh dawn of blessing through the gospel we need the power of christ we need the power of god we can actually uh, have so much done by way of uh, uh, vaccines and medical professionalism and uh, all that's important about that and it is important it's vitally important but as I've said before over the past months, the danger is that we actually, once these things come on stream and people have the vaccine and the COVID is pushed to the background, as it were, of our life nationally, the danger is that we'll think, well, we've made it, and that's it, it's, it's behind us, and that we haven't actually assessed it spiritually at all. And the danger is that our hope will not actually be in God himself but in the things that he has providentially and wonderfully provided for us in uh, countering the virus. We need the sun of righteousness to rise over us once again. We need the beams of Christ and of his power in the gospel to actually come and rest upon us as a people, upon us as a nation, upon us in our homes and families and individuals. Because that's the only thing ultimately that will save us. We mentioned In prayer, the Lord's unchangeableness, which really uh, we we mention it because it's there in verse 6 of the previous chapter, I, the Lord, do not change. Therefore, you, O children of Jacob, are not consumed. And what a great basis of confidence and hope that is. The Lord has not changed. Whatever has changed through this COVID pandemic, and much has changed, and Uh, Perhaps even much in regard to church practices will need to change and go on being changed by what's happened. But God has not changed. And all the way through the scripture, you have that as the basis of the hopes of his people. Why do I have hope today? It's because I believe in and follow an unchanging God. A God who is not going to be diverted from his commitment to blessing his people. A God who is not going to be thwarted By anything that comes, whether it's pandemic, whether it's an act of Satan, whatever it is, this God is committed to his people. This God is committed to his kingdom, to building his church. Nothing's going to prevail against that, however much it will be challenged. So the unchangeableness of God is something we carry with us into this new year. And that's the power that we're seeking to bless us as time goes on. The healing that Christ can bring to our land is one of the main points that we need to pray about in these months to come. The Son of righteousness shall arise with healing in his wings. And interestingly, in the Bible you find, in terms of healing, you find the physical we could say mental as well but that side of things very often combined with the spiritual it's interesting isn't it when when jesus um carried out some of his miracles like the woman who came and touched the hem of his garment for example um you find uh, uh, the, the the words that are used there are very interesting he says uh, to the woman your faith has made you whole and literally uh, the words there made you whole It's exactly the same verb that's used for saved your faith has saved you some of the older translations have that and you can see the wonderful connection there the close connection between the healing physically or mentally that Jesus carried out in these miracles and the salvation of which he is also in charge so when he's talking there about being made whole As you read that, you're thinking not just of mental and physical healing, you're thinking also of spiritual healing, of salvation, of the healing that involves forgiving our sins, establishing us in righteousness, giving us to walk in the ways of the Lord, respecting the Lord. And that's why the Son of Righteousness, Jesus, with healing in his wings, is what we pray for and anticipate and hope for in this year to come. But it begins with the church. It begins with the church. Yes, we're praying that people will come even through this pandemic to think more about God and to think in terms of coming to worship God whenever that's going to be possible for us to do so freely again. But um, you notice here it says, for you who feared my name, the son of righteousness shall rise with healing in his wings. He's addressing especially Those people of God who in the days of Malachi were still faithful believers in God. Surrounded by departure from walking in faith, from following the Lord. Surrounded by complaints against the Lord. Surrounded by uh, this uh, discouraging and disconsolate attitude that we've mentioned earlier. Surrounded by that, these people were waiting for something. These people were praying to God. These people were anticipating something from the Lord himself and hoping that the Lord would come and intervene and bring his power to bear upon the situation. And when you look at that uh, phrase, you who fear my name, there are three things I want to mention just before we close. Three, three things that, that, um, that follow from that. Um, It is to them especially that this is addressed, and it's to us especially that these words are addressed today as the church of God, as the professing church of Christ, as the visible church of Christ in the world. First of all, a commitment to godliness, because the fear of the Lord, as we mentioned even through uh, our studies in, in Ecclesiastes, where it occurs a few times, The fear of the Lord is one of the central descriptions in the Bible for a godly life. The fear of the Lord being not being afraid of God at all in a sense of slavish fear but fear in terms of respect and awe and love and commitment to him. Fear of um, disrespecting him. Fear of, uh, uh, of, of misrepresenting him. Fear in terms of living in the sense of God's eye being upon us, of God's word being with us. Fear in every sense that you find Christians committed to the ways of God and to holiness of life. So that's such an important emphasis for me and for you at the beginning of this new year, that as we wait for the sun of righteousness to rise again in power, we do so as the people of God. We do so as a people committed to the Lord and to loving the Lord and to walking in a godly life. Those who fear the Lord, this is addressed specifically to them. And of course, that includes mutual encouragement. One of the things that we miss is being uh, unable, as much as we used to, to be together in fellowships and mutual encouragements, uh, meetings, whatever kinds they were, apart from the, the worship as well. But... You notice even here itself, there's uh, in verses 16 uh, and 18. Then those who feared the Lord, same description, spoke with one another. The Lord paid attention and heard them, and a book of remembrance was written before him of those who feared the Lord and esteemed his name. In other words, he's saying, despite everything that they were surrounded by and all the discouragement and uh, 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 that, uh, that uh, they were aware of, they met often together. They feared the Lord so, fearing the Lord, they spoke with one another. The, the idea of that is they, they gave encouragement to one another to progress in the life they lived, to uphold each other, to actually bear each other's burdens, as the New Testament puts it. All of those things that you associate with that sort of uh, uh, fellowship, with that sort of mutual support, it's in this term those who fear the Lord a commitment to godliness but that involves not just listening to sermons not just reading the Bible although all these things of course are important also involves mutual encouragement Uh, it, it involves having a sense of belonging to each other if you like so that we come as they did to speak often one with another and discuss the things of God secondly Uh, we're thinking of it being a concerned prayerfulness, a committed uh, commitment to godliness and also a concerned prayerfulness. It's saying here, but for you who fear my name, the Son of Righteousness will rise. In other words, he's saying, for you particularly, with reference to you who fear my name, I'm saying this in particular, God is saying through the prophet, to you who fear my name, to you especially, the Son of Righteousness Will arise. And I think there's built into that um, an assumption that they were praying for this. That they were praying for God's promises to be fulfilled, for the Messiah to come, for the Son of God to come into the world, or oh, that was wasn't distinct at that time in history. And that's why we're mentioning it today, because we come as God's praying people. And we're coming with these prayers that the Son of righteousness will again be seen. And manifested in its power, in his power, over the whole of our society, indeed over the whole of the world. That the Son of God, the Son of Righteousness, will arise again, that he will actually ascend into the spiritual sky, as it were, to such an extent that many, many more people will come to be brought into the kingdom of God under the influence of Christ, under the influence of the gospel, under the influence of the Righteousness that God himself presents to us in his word. And there's a concerned prayerfulness there. And over this year, let's make it uh, a point of of prayer for ourselves, that we plead with God for the Son of Righteousness, for the light of the world, for Jesus, through the Holy Spirit, through the gospel, to rise upon us as a people. Come with his light and with his warmth. Because as a society, as a nation of people, as communities of people, or as individuals, we need both. We need the light and we need the warmth. We have the cold of the pandemic, the cold of death. The cold of that environment where things are so difficult, so challenging. And we need the warmth of Jesus to warm up our lives, to warm up our communities. Nothing else is going to do it. Nothing else is going to melt the ice, the frost that has set in in our society. And nothing less than the sun of righteousness will do that. You see the sun coming up on a frosty morning. Very soon you see the droplets. Falling off the roof where the sun hits the ice and it melts it. Nothing else is going to do that for us spiritually. The sun of righteousness is what we need. He is the one who alone has the power. And that's why we plead with him. Lord, arise over us again. Let your beams flood out. Warm us. Enlighten us. Lead us. Change us. Make us better people. Concerned prayerfulness. And there's finally a consequent joyfulness. Along with this commitment to godliness and the concerned prayerfulness. You find the healing that Christ can bring to our land set out in terms of a consequent joyfulness. That's in the second half of the verse. But for you who fear my name, the Son of Righteousness shall rise with healing in its wings. You shall go out leaping like calves from the stall so if you have seen that I'm sure I remember when I uh, worked on a farm at one time um, (laughs) it was such an enjoyable moment to see cattle, calves and and older cattle as well having wintered inside being let out on a fresh spring morning and honestly it, it just made you double up with laughter watching them because they just went berserk if you've ever seen cows dancing that's when they do it and calves of course skipping around and for the first half hour or so that's all you saw through these fields all these cows and calves gambling about just going berserk that's the kind of picture you have here of the revived church of God that's what you've got there. When the Son of Righteousness arises with healing in its wings, you shall go out leaping like calves. You look at the contexts in the Bible where you find accounts of revival, where you find reflections of revival, like you find in the book of Psalms, for example, And um, when you find uh, the psalmist actually uh, using similar expressions to this, when, um, Psalm 126, where, where it seems to be, Uh, certainly a psalm that's associated with returning from exile um, and the the, the joy that came into their experience. Then when the Lord restored the fortunes of Zion, it's perhaps better, I think that's one of the places the older translation might be best, when the Lord turned the captivity of Zion. The church being in captivity, the church church in a time that's largely frozen spiritually, And the Lord turned that captivity in bringing them back. Then our mouth was filled with laughter and our tongues with shouts of joy. Then they said among the nations. You see, the onlookers actually joined in. They were obviously very visible to the onlookers. The joy that these returning people of God experienced was something that was felt, something that was noticed on the part of those who didn't belong to them but were seeing it. The Lord has done great things. They said among the nations, the Lord has done great things for them. Yes, the Lord has done great things for us. We are glad. And then it turns again to prayer because this is a reflection of past times. This is what the Lord did to us and for us. But we want it done again. We want it repeated. We want something even better. We want it restored again. Restore our fortune. Turn again our captivity, O Lord, like the streams in the Negev. Uh, And so on to the end of the psalm. Well, that's the consequent joyfulness following the answer to the prayers for God to really come again with his power. And just like the calves going out on that fresh spring morning. What a difference it makes when the Holy Spirit kicks into your life. When the Holy Spirit comes to bless his word above what you've known before. When the captivity of the church is turned. And when you go out then like calves from the stalls leaping. May this year be one where we see this happening. Let's keep praying for it. Let's keep putting it before the Lord. That we will see the Son of Righteousness rising with healing in his wings. That Jesus will come to be visibly, noticeably, spiritually, I mean, evident to ourselves and to our society. That our hopes will be realised for the healing that Jesus will bring to our land. Healing in its beams, the light and the warmth of Christ through the gospel. And so, that extended application of the text. For you who fear my name, the Son of Righteousness will arise with healing in its wings. May that be your personal experience. May it be my experience. May it be our experience together. May it be a year of leaping. A year of joy. A year of truly experiencing the power of Christ. For our light and our warmth. Let's pray. Lord, our God, we thank you for the prospect of an increased blessing on your part. And we pray that that will indeed be our experience as this year goes by. We don't know, Lord, what it will contain. We don't know what people's reactions will be. We don't know where we ourselves will be before uh, this year runs through. And we pray, O Lord, that you would bless your word, bless your gospel, bless your people. And lift upon us, we pray, the light of your countenance. Shine into our hearts, revive us, quicken us. And give us, O oh Lord, the joy of our heart to be realised in seeing your hand at work. We pray this for the congregation, we pray it for our own personal lives, for our homes and families, for our neighbourhoods, for our nation, and for those who lead us as a nation too. Lord, lift the light on them too. May the Son of Righteousness rise in their lives and flood light and warmth into their souls. Hear us now, we pray, and forgive the many sins for Jesus' sake. Amen. I' going to sing some more verses just in conclusion again. And this time from Psalm number 30. Psalm number 30. and sing Psalms this time Psalm 30 and sing Psalms from the beginning of the Psalm O Lord I will exalt your name for you have rescued me you did not let my foes rejoice and gloat triumphantly Lord God in need I cried to you and you restored my health O Lord you brought me from the grave and saved my soul from death you holy ones sing to the Lord, sing with, out with joyful voice. When you recall his holy name, then praise him and rejoice. His anger but a moment lasts, lifelong his favour stays. Though tears may last throughout the night, joy comes with morning's rains. Let's
1: sing to the St. Paul. O Lord, I will exalt your name, for you have rescued me. You did not let my force rejoice, and gloat triumphantly. to you, and you restored my health. O Lord, you brought me from the grave, and saved my soul. just
0: benediction let me just thank you again for uh, your attendance at the service and for those of you watching at home and pray god's blessing for you in the days to come um now as you know by now those who are here please leave in the orderly way that we need to we need to keep the social spacing and um, so just uh, please go through here and also remember to uh, to uh, use the antiseptic to use the uh, the, the, the bottle that's actually on uh, the standout as you're leaving and again a reminder if you haven't already you can contribute to the um, uh, to, to the collection for the campaigners now for the benediction now may the grace of the lord jesus christ the love of god the father and the communion of the holy spirit rest and upon and abide with you now and evermore amen
1: Yes.
0: Very intelligent, very intelligent. Sort of so, Oh, sort of absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Really encouraging. Very yeah. encouraging. Special. Special. I hope nobody will hear it today. Well, of course. Still, Got a few online. Yeah, it's very encouraging. We a great here.